Hello, dancers. I'm your host, Brittany Chalk, and you're listening to the A Dancer's Guide podcast, a podcast designed to inspire, inform, and empower dancers by sharing the experiences of industry professionals. You can follow us on Instagram at A Dancer's Guide Official and check out our website, adancersguide.com, for more podcast details and on demand resources. Wherever you are listening from, I hope this podcast sparks inspiration and lends useful advice to help you along your unique dance journey. Welcome back to the Dancer's Guide podcast. I hope you all are having an awesome day. On today's episode, I'll be chatting with a registered dietitian nutritionist and the woman behind Your Dancing Dietitian about optimizing your performance through food. We'll be discussing what optimal performance levels look like, healthy nutritional options, and the effects restricting your diet can have on your overall well-being. So without further ado, I'm thrilled to present Morgan Narvik. Hi, Morgan. Thank you so much for joining me today. Hey, Brittany. How are you? I'm super excited to be here today. So thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Well, why don't you start off by introducing yourself a little bit? So like Brittany said, my name is Morgan Narvik. Um, I'm a registered dietitian nutritionist, like she had mentioned. I grew up a dancer, kind of changed my path later in life to become a dietitian. And now I'm actually working with dancers while working as a dietitian, still working as a dance teacher, just got married in October, um, six months pregnant right now. So <gasps> congrats. Oh my goodness. <laughs> you know? Yes. Having a little boy. So he's due in July. That's amazing. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's who I am. That's what I do. And that's just a little bit about me. Yeah. Well, can you share with us your unique dance journey um, and kind of, yeah, where, where you started? Did you grow up in a studio? Um, did you go to school? What, tell me all about it. For sure. So I started dancing at the age of two. Um, my mom started me just in a little baby ballerina class. And she says till this day, she couldn't keep me out of the dance studio. So I danced all the way through, danced at the same dance studio from the age of two till 18 when I graduated high school. After high school, I knew that I wanted to keep dancing. Um, I thought that I wanted to perform for my career. I wanted to be a dancer, not knowing really other avenues to take because, you know, you grow up in this studio setting, competitions, really all I knew was dancing on a stage. So that's what I wanted to do. So I looked at billions of colleges throughout the United States for their dance programs. And I ended up landing at the University of South Florida in Tampa, Florida. So I'm originally from Chicago, Illinois. So that was like a huge adjustment moving down to the South, to Florida. The sunshine was definitely nice. So I danced there for four years. I have a bachelor's of fine arts degree in dance performance and education with a concentration in ballet. So I took a lot of ballet classes, a lot of point, a lot of modern, modern technique, a lot of things that I wasn't really used to in the studio competition dance setting. So that was uh, quite an eye opener for me, very different than what I was used to. But I was like, if this is what I want to do for the rest of my life, then you have to kind of test out all the waters. So dance through college, probably midway through college, I was like, I want to move to LA when I'm done with school and dance in LA. I didn't want to go the concert, you know, New York route back when I was in college, that was either LA was more commercial and New York was more concert. So you kind of had those two avenues, or at least I thought those were the two avenues that you could choose from. So I chose the LA route 
And I went out to LA by myself after graduating, started dancing out there, was doing a little bit of things here and there, but mostly I was taking just a lot of classes, training with new teachers, new artists that I've, you know, have seen on Instagram or heard of, but never had the chance to learn from being in Chicago or Florida. Um, and while I was out in LA, well, actually backtrack a couple of years to when I was a junior in college, I was introduced to a nutrition minor. Um, being a dancer, I was always interested in nutrition, of course, because I knew that I had to eat to be able to dance, but I never knew how much of a role it played in my life as a dancer. So after taking a couple of these nutrition classes for my minor, I realized that it's a whole other avenue that I never really got to explore as a young dancer. And that's when my interest, I would say my passion really started growing for nutrition while still being passionate about dance. So while I was in LA, I wanted to extend upon my nutrition studies and see what else I could do. Now, to become a registered dietitian, I had to go back to school. So I kind of had to make a decision where did I want to go back to school or did I want to stay out in LA and keep dancing and whatnot? So I found myself more towards the end of the year that I had lived in LA. I was not going to my normal classes. I would find myself like at the computer, just like researching nutrition. So I found myself to be falling more in love with nutrition, not less in love with dance, but just once other doors are open for you, when you're so closed off to just one thing, it just, it's, a totally different world. So I would say that's really when my passion for dance extended into my passion for nutrition. So back to my journey. So after living in LA for a year, dancing, getting into nutrition, I moved back to Florida to become a registered dietitian. While I was in LA, I actually met my husband who had a business started in Florida. So that was just convenient. And now we both live in Florida I finished my degree to become a registered dietitian. Um, when did I finish that? Actually, recently, right before the pandemic started. So February of 2020. And I took my dietitian exam to become a registered dietitian. And now I'm working as a registered dietitian, also working as a dance teacher, like I had said. So really just still incorporating both nutrition and dance and providing what I wish I had as a dancer growing up to dancers these days. Cause like I said, it's a, it's a gap that's not really filled yet. So that's my goal in my dance and nutrition journey is to really fill that gap. Yeah. That's amazing. I mean, that's, you know, along the same lines as why I started the dancer's guide was to give people opportunities and information that I wish I had during my career. And, and nutrition is definitely one of those things that, I didn't really think about as a dancer, like it, food and, and my weight and everything. I didn't really have to think about it too much because as dancers, you know, we're so active. We burn so many calories. Like I didn't, I didn't ever feel like I had to worry about it. There were, I mean, there were some times where I was like, all right, I've probably overindulged a little bit, <laughs> um, <laughs> but you know, it was never a personal struggle for me. So I never really thought about it, but I think it is important to talk about and we need this more. So this is amazing that you're on. Um, obviously both of us being Florida girls. I love that USF is like the university, you know, that all of my friends went to <laughs> um, everything, you know, happens for a reason, you know, you going to 
LA, you obviously meeting your husband um, and then coming back to Florida, it's all been a wonderful journey, it sounds like. And it's amazing that you're able to combine both your passion of dance and this newfound passion of nutrition into one and, and you don't have to be just one thing, right? Exactly. It's nice to have yeah. two different avenues that really mesh together so well. Yeah, amazing. Well, before we get into the nitty gritty of this episode, I want to discuss what we mean by performing at an optimal level uh, through nutrition. You know, this isn't something that just happens overnight. Um, it's something that dancers should be mindful of throughout their daily lives, really. It is something that builds up over time and enables you to put your best foot forward, literally. Um, so how would you describe what a dancer looks and feels like whilst performing at an optimal level? Yeah, so you're completely right. Achieving that optimal performance and training levels through your adequate nutrition is not something that's going to happen overnight. I use this analogy with clients all the time is that you don't go into the gym, do 20 sit-ups and like look in the mirror and you're like, wow, my abs are so defined, right? Like you don't just work for 20 minutes on something and then it's perfect. So it's the same thing with your nutrition and your dance. You think about our dance training and I look back, like I'm 26 now and I started dancing at two and I'm still working on my training. So it's not something that's just a one and done thing. And that's very similar to how I put it into perspective with nutrition. So it's like you said, it's not just going to happen overnight. You're not going to wake up and be like, my nutrition is perfect. It's going to take constant work. I'm still working on it now. And, you know, I'm a registered dietitian. People think that I eat perfectly, but it's still something that I'm even working on. So I don't expect my dancers to have it perfect either. Now, in regards to how a dancer looks and feels while performing at their optimal levels, um, that's something that's totally going to be different for everyone. I don't specifically think that there's a certain look to define optimal performance, but rather a mindset. So, you know, of course, if someone's tired, they'll, they'll look tired. But in regards to your mindset, so there's a huge difference of coming off stage and being like, wow, I'm so exhausted. I can't believe I have two more shows to do or two more pieces to perform. You know, that was just awful. I'm dead. And there's a huge difference between that and coming off stage and being like, wow, that was awesome. You know, I'm ready to go get those two other pieces done tonight. And nutrition plays a huge role on where that mindset is. So I think in regards to the look, it's, it's hard to talk about the look in regards to a dancer's world, because there's so many ways that that can be interpreted. But just in regards to what optimal nutrition looks like, I think that, like I said, is more of just a physical and mental aspect of the dancer. Because like I said, it's going to be different for everyone. You know, my optimal nutrition levels and my performance at those levels is going to be totally different than yours. And it's going to vary performance by performance too. So it's really super individualized for each dancer, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And is there a threshold that we can, you know, evaluate whether, you know, we've hit our individual optimal performance level? Are there things we can look out for? Yeah. So I think there's definitely a time that comes in someone's dance career when they've been consistently working on their nutrition and they've been consistently incorporating healthy lifestyle choices without being restrictive. Um, I think there comes a time where you feel this consistent energy and this consistent performance level rather than these, um, 
how do I explain it? Rather than these roller coaster rides of energy levels and, and like I said, we're dancers, we're always going to be fatigued. We're always, our schedules are normally crazy. So tiredness is common, but with the correct nutrition consistently and consistently is the key word there, because again, you're not going to do it one day and just the next day in the next day and the next have perfect performances. So I think that threshold is really just when you can see results consistently. And I'm sure at that point, there's always more to work towards, but just being able to evaluate yourself at each point and say, okay, is this something that's that, that happened over time? Or was it just for this one performance, you know? So I think that's a way that dancers can evaluate where they're at in regards to their optimal performance levels. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Amazing. So something you posted on Instagram was about whether or not to eat breakfast. Um, And this is something that really resonated with me because it was something I battled with during my professional career uh, for many, many years. You know, I sometimes like felt sick in the morning when I ate like too early. And then you throw an audition, the audition nerves on top of that. And it was awful. But then equally, if I didn't eat breakfast and say a class or audition or whatever ran super long, I felt horrible because I didn't eat anything. So it was like, you know, trying to find that balance and breakfast foods that I guess worked individually for me was what I needed, things that would help work for me and not against me is really what I had to, to find. Um, what is your stance on eating breakfast before a dance class or an audition? And how does not eating breakfast influence your performance? Yes. Wonderful question that I get so often. It's crazy. Um, but like you said, in my mind, breakfast is so important. And I know, I think back to when I was a dancer and I was not good about eating breakfast. I, same thing as you, like you just said, I would eat and I would have a stomach ache. So that would prevent me from eating breakfast for the next couple of weeks. Um, now many dancers fear breakfast because of that exact reason that they're going to be uncomfortable or, you know, it's going to cause them a headache. Certain foods cause people headaches, anything, whatever it may be, they're going to feel bloated for the rest of the day. There's a lot of excuse, and I wouldn't call them excuses rather because sometimes foods do upset people's stomachs, but there's a lot of different thoughts about why people don't eat breakfast. So rather than having these negative connotations about breakfast, for me, it's more important to work with my dancers to find out what timing is best to eat breakfast. Cause really that's what it comes down to is, you know, if you have an 8am audition and you're on this, say you're in New York, you're taking the subway to an audition and it's 715 and you're scarfing down an avocado toast. You're probably not going to feel good by your eight o'clock audition because you haven't given your body enough time to really digest that food. So really, and I always say this nutrition is so individualized, but this is really an aspect where nutrition is super individualized, especially with breakfast, Mm. because it's going to be different each day that you're dancing. You know, I think back to when I was in college and my ballet classes started at 11 o'clock in the afternoon. So a lot of us would have, you know, our academic classes before that. So I had time to eat a good breakfast. Now, did I? No, but I had a lot of time to. So you just have to kind of look at your schedule and say, okay, I know I only have, by the time I wake up and get to class today, I only have two hours. So maybe since you only have two good hours to digest, you don't have a large breakfast. You don't have a big bacon, egg and toast breakfast. 
maybe have something more a small to medium breakfast, but still incorporates all the food groups. So you still get your protein, you still get your carbohydrate, and you still get your fat to still provide your body with all the necessary nutrients that it needs while still providing you energy. So like I said, it's hard to navigate. People are super, super busy in the morning. But I think if if there's someone listening that's like, I want to be better about eating breakfast, I would say take small steps to get to that point. You know, if you are eating breakfast zero times a day right now, maybe just start with one or two days a week and starting small, whether it's, you know, an apple with peanut butter and a hard boiled egg, just little things that maybe it's the combination of two snacks, but it equals a breakfast that you can start to incorporate. I wouldn't say going from eating no breakfast to eating seven days of breakfast, because that's going to be very hard to achieve. Um, I'm all about taking small steps to achieve larger goals. So yeah, I would say in regards to breakfast, just starting small, starting small so that you don't overwhelm your stomach. You don't overwhelm your brain because it's going to be a lot just waking up in the morning and having the mindset of, oh no, I'm eating breakfast. Because a lot of people that will trigger, you know, an automatic stomach ache, an automatic headache, just because those are experiences they've had in the past. So like I said, breakfast is super, super individualized based on what your day looks like, but it's so important to incorporate whether or not there's enough time, I guess. Finding the time to incorporate it is super important. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, even just, you know, like you said, the example of having the 8 a.m. audition, waking up a little earlier to have that breakfast is a step that can be taken. I know it sucks to wake up earlier. Um, But, you know, if that's something that you are, you know, wanting to fix with your nutrition and, and, and want to feel better, that is one way to do it. I think a big thing for dancers is how to manage their carbs as well as their fat intake. They can be part of a healthy diet. They need to be in your diet. But I think those words to dancers are like, oh, God, like, no, please, no, don't give me the fat, don't give me the carbs. But along with a balanced diet and plenty of fluids, there's a place for it in our diet. So can you elaborate a bit more on how and why dancers should add carbs and healthy fats into their daily diets um, and what some of those quote unquote healthy options are? For sure. So I love talking about carbohydrates specifically because like you said, it's such a fearful word to a lot of people, especially nowadays because the keto diet is so popular and it doesn't concentrate on carbohydrates. It almost puts a bad rep on them. When in reality, your brain and your body needs carbohydrates just to function. So they are so, so important. And as dancers, we're using our brain literally every second of every day, whether it's to remember choreography, remember ballet bar combinations, remember what rehearsal is when, and when you have this performance and this dress rehearsal, like there's so much going on in our lives that we have to remember. Same with non-dancers, just in general, life is crazy busy and we have to use our brains. So inhibiting our carbohydrate intake is almost like inhibiting that fuel to the brain. That's how I put it. Um, It's like that analogy of trying to drive a car without gas. You're not going to get very far. So it's super important to have that fuel in your body to be successful throughout your day. You know, when I was in my ballet classes in college, if I didn't remember a combination that the teacher just taught because I didn't have that brain power at that time, 
it just didn't go over well. You know, you're expected to know things, you're expected to remember things, and you're expected to have that brain power as dancers. So really, really important for dancers is to incorporate those carbohydrates without being fearful of them. And that's the tricky part. It's easy to hear, okay, yeah, I know that my brain needs them, but the hard part is how do I incorporate them? Now, that part of the puzzle is super like breakfast, like everything else nutrition-wise is super individualized. But for sake of time in regards to healthy carbohydrates, um, a good way to think of it is simple carbohydrates versus complex carbohydrates. So simple carbohydrates, think of your desserts, your ice cream, your cookies, your sodas, sugary drinks, your refined white bread products, white pasta products. So that's a good way to crumble up a simple carbohydrate. Desserts, sugary, sodas, white breads, etc. Now on the other side, we have our complex carbohydrates. And this is what I want everyone to think of as healthier choices. Now it's not to say you can't go have a bowl of pasta every so often, but the majority of the time you want to be choosing complex carbohydrates. And those are your whole grains, your brown rice, your beans and peas, your fruits and vegetables, nuts, seeds, legumes. So really everything that doesn't fall on that simple carbohydrate side kind of falls in the complex carbohydrate side. And it's good to couple complex carbohydrates in the category of healthy carbohydrates, like I said, because that's going to help you fuel your body in the correct way. So going back to the optimal performance level, getting yourself those complex carbohydrates before a performance is really going to optimize your nutrition rather than getting simple carbohydrates, you know, having a soda and candy that's going to cause what a lot of us know as a crash or an afternoon lull, the things that we don't really have time for in our day as a dancer. Um, so incorporating these complex carbohydrates at each meal is a great start to initiating the incorporation of carbohydrates into your diet. Now, fats, similarly as hard to incorporate as carbohydrates, are very similar. You know, people think of fats and think, oh no, they're going to make me fat. But there's so many different types of fats out there. You know, we want to stay away from our trans fats. And the good thing is, is that trans fats, what we want to stay away from is similar to the simple carbohydrates. It's a lot of our desserts, our processed foods, things that you, things that aren't fresh and readily available, you know, fruits, vegetables, whole grains. So in regards to both carbohydrates and fats, I would say the more that you can incorporate these whole food options and these whole grain options and your healthy fats over your desserts and cakes and cookies and ice creams, the better. Now, us dancers, we work hard. We deserve to enjoy ourselves. We deserve to indulge every so often too. So yes, having your ice cream one night or whenever, you know, after a performance is not going to inhibit your nutrition completely, right? You know, the next day you may feel a little more luggish than you would normally if you're not used to eating the ice cream, but it's not to say you can never have a cookie. You can never have a piece of cake because that's not the point. The point is to have them in moderation while still incorporating those complex carbohydrates and those healthy fats. Amazing. I'm hungry just talking about all of this. (laughs) 
<laughs> um, yeah. Amazing, amazing advice. The lifestyle of a dancer, like you said, is very on the go, um, whether that's running from one class to another, you have multiple shows or auditions in one day, very busy lives. So we have, you know, very short windows to grab something to eat. During these short breaks, what are some nutritious snack options that would be useful to have in your dance bag to boost your energy levels to get you through that day? Great question. So snacks are super hard to think about on the spot, but when you get used to incorporating these and having these in your dance bag, I would say it becomes more of just part of your daily routine. So easy options to have could be, you know, easy to eat whole pieces of fruit. So bananas are simple, apples, little clementines, things that have appeal on it that if it happens to touch one of your dance shoes, it's not like, oh, you know, you're taking the peel off or the apple, you know, you clean it. So Things like that, because I when I think of snacks for a dancer, I think of things that go in your dance bag. So I wouldn't necessarily, it, sometimes you don't have a lunch bag, sometimes you don't have a cooler bag. So it's hard to bring berries or a yogurt, things like that. So finding those fruits that don't have to be chilled, that you can just grab out of your bag quickly and eat easily are perfect. Um, protein bars are great. So I love the RX bars. They're easy. They have tons of flavors super high in protein, but still have good sources of carbohydrates and fats in there. Um, other options are like a nuts and seed mixes with some dried fruit, you know, little trail mix. The nice thing is about the grocery store these days and these food companies is that they're making these products into like the individual sized packages, which makes it super easy for people like us who are on the go that you can just grab one or keep it in your bag every week. So as a dance teacher right now, I always have an RX bar, a couple little bags of the individual packed fruit and nut packages. And I try to have a piece of fruit in my bag each night. And that was before I was even pregnant. So now that I'm pregnant, it's even more pertinent, but um, just easy things that, and maybe you have something in your pantry that you really like, but you don't want to bring the whole bag with you, you know, getting individual little Tupperwares or little plastic baggies or the reusable baggies. Those are great ways to make your own individual portioned out snacks just to have to grab and go. Amazing. Do not leave the house without them. Does it help to plan that sort of thing? Because like you said, it's, yeah, it's easy to chuck an apple or an, an orange in your dance bag, but I think planning plays a part in this. You have to be on top of it. You have to see into the future with your nutrition. It can't just be like, what am I going to do today? Um, because I think you end up making the wrong decision. Because you're hungry, you get this whole hangry situation going on and you just want whatever is available the fastest. At least that's my problem. Yeah, so planning, like you said, is so important. Just in general, whether you're a dancer or not wanting to work on your nutrition, a lot of people just don't always have the most nutritious food options in their house. You know, if someone hasn't been to the grocery store in a week, they're probably not going to have many fresh fruit and vegetable options, not many fresh protein options. So planning, I, I would say if you can take one day of the week where you have a couple hours and you're like, this is going to be my day to go to the grocery store. Or I'm going to go to the market. Say you're in college and you live on, live in the dorms and you don't need groceries because you have a meal plan. You go to the dining hall, but maybe you just run to the closest supermarket just to get three or four easy grab and go snacks. That'll get you through that week. Just so you always have something on hand 
that way, you know, in the back of your mind, okay, I know I have this in my dance bag right now, but I also know I have more at home. So I'm not going to be in this (laughs) situation where I don't have any food or I don't have any healthier options. So I have to resort to the Oreos. So yeah, planning definitely it's, it's hard. It's hard to plan. It's hard to find the time, but it's certainly worth it. And it will certainly help get you to that point of optimizing your nutrition and optimizing your performance. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So protein is also essential in any diet. And I think most commonly people know that we get protein from eating meat. Um, however, dancers and you know people in general, some people don't eat meat. Um, so what are some plant-based protein options that everyone can enjoy? Yes, wonderful question again. So plant-based protein is a very common way of eating these days, especially among athletes. Um, many people think that like you said, animal sources are the only sources of protein, but there are actually a lot of plant-based protein options out there. A lot of people just don't, maybe don't have access to them or don't look for them in the grocery store. So some of the most common ones that I see are lentils and legumes. So your beans and peas, your tofu, rice, quinoa, other grain products, those are going to have some protein in them. Of course, varying based on the a grain product, um, steel cut oatmeal. So oats are a good source and tempeh. So there's just a lot of options out there, but a couple of those on the list, you may not see at the supermarket every time you go. So if you're looking to incorporate more plant-based options, this is a good list to start with. Now, this is not to say that animal protein or plant protein is better than the other. It's just to provide other options. So maybe someone doesn't want to eat animal protein seven days a week. There's other options to incorporate that aren't so animal protein all the time. Absolutely. Completely agree. Diving more into a serious part of this episode, an issue that can arise out of the dance industry is the desire to be thin, you know, because we've been told to believe this. It's something the industry, the community puts on us at a very young age. You know, it's, it's the only way that you can book work. It's how you get noticed, which is not true. I want to say that right now. So restricting your eating can be extremely dangerous and lead to serious health complications. Can you further explain exactly how restricting your eating can affect your performance and more broadly your day-to-day life? Yes, definitely. So like you said, this, the whole dance world, a lot of people think is just around the way that someone looks. And that's the hard part for dancers these days is it's, it may not be something that their teacher tells them every day, but just the connotation of it, people always have it in the back of their mind. So we've talked about protein, carbohydrates, and fats a lot this episode, and they all play a vital role in your daily energy levels. And when we restrict these and try to eat as little as possible, we're really not fueling all the little cells in our body properly. We're basically starving them. So this starvation can lead to extreme fatigue, lack of technique, decreased stamina, increased risk for injury, and of course, many, many other things. But as dancers, none of those are things that we want to happen to us or to our bodies. So even on days that we may not be dancing, restricting our intake can be detrimental to our health, not only that day, but down the line. Um, I think 
for dancers, they get that feeling of, I have to be thin, but the only way to do that is to restrict my eating. When in reality, they're just putting their body through more struggle than it really needs. So it's super, super important to just, and again, it's not going to happen overnight. Restrictive eating habits are so very hard to combat. So like I said, little baby steps to get you to these larger goals, just starting to read more about protein, carbohydrates, and fats, starting to understand their role in the body and why they're so important um, are just really good ways to just start to work on not restricting ourselves. Amazing. And would you say restricting your diet could ultimately lead to some sort of eating disorder? One go from okay, I'm going to maybe not eat as much to, you know, you're, you're in serious danger here. Yeah. So that's certainly true. A lot of restrictive eating patterns and habits over time can certainly lead to eating disorders. And there's so many different types of eating disorders, not just saying that, you know, restricting yourself 24 seven is the only form of eating disorders. There's so many out there that, you know, as a dancer, you know, of like when I was a dancer, I knew of eating disorders, but I didn't associate restricting my intake as disordered eating habits. You know, I remember being in college and you all sit in your little, at least the way that it was for us, we sat in the hallway and we all ate lunch and you're around all these other dancers who, you know, you may think, oh, she's judging what I'm eating or he's eating that and I shouldn't be eating this much and just things like that. So it's really hard to not have restrictive eating habits and thoughts as dancers. But I think nowadays too, we're coming out of this whole dance is a thin world um, mindset a little bit, which is awesome because like you said, being thin, being quote unquote skinny is not how you book work. You know, you have to have the talent, you have to have what they're looking for at that time. So you know, you're not going to go into an audition and have what they're looking for if you're starving, if you're exhausted, if you're just run down from not eating. So it all plays a full circle. um, And it's just super important to just understand the importance of nutrition for dancers. Absolutely. And for those listening, if you or anyone you know is struggling with any sort of eating disorder um, of any kind, there are online resources, helplines, local support centers uh, ready to help you. A few organizations that I Googled very quickly um, were nationaleatingdisorders.org um, and beateatingdisorders.org.uk. Um, so there is help available. Please reach out if you need to. Thank you so much for that. I think it's it's very important to talk about. It's not talked about enough. So I appreciate your insight on that. Moving on, what would be your biggest piece of advice for dancers looking to maintain a diet that supports their optimal performance? Yeah, so dancers listening and dancers just around the world, we're all at different points in our career. You know, some people may just be starting their dance career. Some people may be transitioning out. We have dance teachers. There's so many different routes to the dance world. And whether you're just starting out or you're a professional that's been in the dance world for years and years and years, how you maintain your diet is going to be different per the stage that you're at. But I would say that my number one tip to individuals looking to start adapting healthy lifestyle adjustments 
is to aim to incorporate a variety of foods from all three food groups. We protein, carbohydrates, and fats, and also adding a variety of color. So the more color that you have in your diet, if you look at your plate and it's all one color, that's fine, but you're going to get a lot more nutrients, a lot more minerals and vitamins through different colors, different fruits, different vegetables, just in general variety. So like I said, I would say, you know, concentrate on all the food groups, concentrate on variety and taking these little steps towards bettering your health will only help you and your body throughout your dance career. Amazing. Well, do you have any plans or aspirations uh, for the future that you'd like to share with us? Yes. So obviously being a mom, that's going to be exciting. (laughs) Very exciting. Um, I'm very excited about that just in general, but in regards to my business and your dancing dietitian, I'm working on a new website that I'm building myself, which I'm super excited about because it's something that I thought I'd never be able to do, but here I am designing it. Um, And then also what I hope to have complete before the baby comes in three months is I'm working on some e-courses for dancers for nutrition related topics. So I'm super excited about that. You know, I always think back to when I was in my prime years of dancing and the time that I had was limited. So I was trying to think of ways to get nutrition across to these dancers that didn't take up so much of their time. So with these e-courses, dancers will be able to really do it on their own time and then they'll have a dietitian behind it to really be their support. Oh, that's amazing. Well, I wish you all the best in that. Would you mind sharing uh, your contact details so that people can check out your dancing dietitian, check out your new website when it launches and um, yeah, just everything about you and everything that you're going to be up to. Yeah, for sure. So my website is your dancing dietitian.com. So that's Y O U R D A N C I N G D I E T I T I A N.com. Um, Instagram, you can find me on there at your underscore dancing underscore dietitian. And then I also have a Facebook page, um, your dancing dietitian as well. So you can find me anywhere there. You can contact me through any of those. My website has my email on it, but it's your dancing dietitian at gmail.com. So anything that you type into Google, your dancing dietitian, you'll likely come upon something of mine. (laughs) Amazing. Well, it's been such a pleasure to have you on the Adancer's Guide podcast. Thank you so much for sharing all of your expertise. This was a wonderful episode. Of course. Thank you so much for having me, Brittany. I enjoyed my time with you so much. Well, I definitely learned something about nutrition from Morgan today, and I hope you did too. On the next episode, you'll hear from Dance on Film director, choreographer, and creative artist Caroline Liviakis about ways to find your footing in the professional dance industry. So make sure to tune in for another inspiring episode featuring a rising LA talent. Head over and follow us on Instagram at A Dancer's Guide Official for more podcasts and dance details. And you can also visit our website, adancersguide.com, for everything A Dancer's Guide has to offer. Always remember stay confident, be humble. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.